Hey friends, Jordan here. Just wanted to get you up to speed on a couple programming notes you probably want to know before you dive into this episode. First, this is the first time Caitlin and I had to use Skype. That reliable old chestnut of podcasts everywhere. Kate couldn't make it into the city, so we had to attempt that for the first time. And for trying it for the first time, went pretty well. However, there was an occasional echo on my vocals, as well there were some volume issues in the mix that I couldn't quite get figured out. Caitlin is a little louder than I am, for a change. <laughs> Hopefully that does not impede your enjoyment of this episode. As well, we always talk about spoilers, maybe a little more relevant this week. We're talking about Train to Busan, which is a Korean zombie movie that is still out and about in the world. It is still playing in Toronto at the Empress Walk Theater on Young Street. If you are into zombies or suspense or Korea, you may want to see this movie. And Kate and I both think it's the type of movie you should go in knowing as little as possible about. So we do get into it in pretty good detail. If you're interested in seeing this movie at all, you should probably duck out of the episode at about the one hour mark, which is when we start to get into that. So that said, I'm going to go nap because I work nights and you're going to enjoy this episode of The Geek Down. Thanks so much for listening. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. Not with me today, but joining me through the magic of Skype is Caitlin McKinnon. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kate. Hi. This is weird. This is weird. This is so weird. Not only are we this far distance away from each other, Doing the podcast, yes. not in the same room. It's also late at night. It's geek down after dark. It's geek down after dark. I love it. The uh, I'm gonna warn everybody up top. The uh, the 10:30 show might get a little blue. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. More more discussion of dicks and butts and boobs. Oh oh, you mean like R-rated? Yeah. Right. Adults only. Right. I I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so. I'm just saying we might. It's t- it's 10:30 on a Saturday night, like. But it, but the people are listening to this <laughs> at uh, Tuesday morning. 9:30 on a Wednesday morning, they don't want to get they don't want to get turnt with their BFFs. No, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> uh, so I yes, I am. Explain in, why this is happening, Caitlin. I am in the beautiful Port Hope visiting my father, who I love dearly. But I'm also here to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff from high school and from university. I'm going to have a big bonfire. I'm going to burn it all because (laughs) I'm about to turn 30. That is is correct. Yeah. So if you are listening to this on Tuesday, happy birthday to me. (laughs) Tuesday's the actual day. Yeah, Tuesday's the actual day. And I'm super psyched. Super psyched. I'm so excited to be in my 30s. And everyone keeps on making fun of me and saying that I am just a crazy optimistic person. But I'm really excited. My 20s weren't that great. <laughs> I mean, I met what? you. So that, you know, that's it is check mark right there. Oh, well, you know, it's a mine, gold star. Minor asterisk. <laughs> what makes you think your 30s are going to be so much more impressive? Um, Because I won't be in school. And 
I will have a you know relatively steady income, fingers crossed, <laughs> and not be working retail. You know, these are these are things to celebrate. If you say so. It's true. I mean, retail, let's say it, retail sucks. People are mean. People are mean. People the are only mean. fact the only reason I can maintain continuing to work for work. major Canadian retailers is because I don't deal with people. Exactly. I found, exactly. I found the one position in that company that doesn't involve working with people. Yeah. And even then, it can suck because the management want you to do crazy things, crazy, weird things. Then you're like, why? But you're just, you know, a worker. You just have to do what you're told. Or you get sacked. And on top and of on everything top. else, um, we just got Christmas cards in. Oh, no. Ha- it's We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. You yeah. are not allowed to see anything Christmas until Thanksgiving. Um, I used to say... Mid-October, it's going out. Uh, oh, my God. But what about Halloween? Halloween's going to be cannibalized by Christmas. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I still maintain that you cannot have Christmas stuff come out until the after the first week of November. Well, or, or, sorry, well, after, after until, sorry, November 11th, which is... November, now you're pushing it. Well, no, because that's our... Um, Remembrance Day. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it is... I'm not saying it's like I, the decent thing to do. I'm just saying the behemoth of retail commerce will never allow that. That's stupid. They're <laughs> stupid. Everyone's stupid, except for us. And our listeners. And our listeners. Yeah. Who, you can become one of them by going to <laughs> soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod, clicking the follow button, you'll get a notification every time a new episode goes online, or iTunes. Click subscribe, top corner, new episodes, download it to your device automatically. That is so easy. So easy. And so we got easy. more reviews, Kate. Did we? Yes, I took a random I took a random look over there because listen, I don't want to alarm you. There's another geek down. <gasps> what? I suspect this is a uh this is a like college radio show that has just started podcasting segments and episodes. But so even that's though, the name of our show, even though we were in the space first, they may have existed longer and had a deeper bench of archives to throw up when they finally got into the podcasting business. Well, no shots, no shots. We can coexist. I'm, we're doing two different we can, things. We can coexist. I'm just a little sad. What's we, their show about? I, I I didn't listen to it or what. <laughs> Well, I, you know, you said we could coexist for doing different things. Uh, they tend to do a little more tech stuff, a little more, a little oh, more just your standard. Hey, a new movie came out. Let's talk about it. Hey, there's a new piece of tech or headset or mouse or something. Let's talk yeah, about we don't that. Do, we, we, we don't do that. We don't do that. No. Um, <laughs> we just navel gaze and talk about, I don't know. <laughs> we do chit chat. Really? And chit chat is the biggest part. We know that's why you're here chit chat and we kind of you know do some random bits of news that we think is important no one else may think it's important but I, we guarantee, I guarantee you i have an item on here that is not important to anyone i just thought it was awesome uh, same same z's absolutely uh and you know and then we do the whole review thing and i think it's going to be a good one today <laughs> I'm, I, I'm really excited about I, this i don't know it's a, it's a it's a volatile mix of items today <laughs> Yeah, it's going to, like I said, it's going to be interesting. 
Especially, Real interesting. Especially because we can't look at the expressions on each other's face. So if one of us just goes in on the thing we brought the other one, we won't see the sad face of the person in front of us. So we will not nope. temper our criticisms. No, no sad face. <laughs> no big eyes. Nothing. Oh, nothing. Lord. It's a, it's pretty... I don't know. I don't know how people do this when they're not in the same room. I don't know. This is bizarre. It's super. I'm staring at a, a big tv that's not on i'm listening to trains pass through port hope it's very strange yeah like I, there, I, there's no one yelling jordan there's no one yelling obscenities outside a window <laughs> and it's borderline cool enough i say that now as you know my pores have just opened because i shut <laughs> the window to try and cut down on background ambient noise because i didn't want to interfere with i didn't know how the skype was going to sound so i mean i turned all the fans off and shut the window just to try and keep the room still yeah. I don't know how long that's going to last, though, like I said. Fingers Just crossed. Getting a little damp. Um, yeah. I don't think I have anything for chit-chat, really. It's kind of a boring week. Um, Post, it's not Post-New York, boring everything week. is just gray. It, and... it, I was about to say, everything's sort of gray and faded, almost sepia tone. <laughs> my mother tone. actually asked me. My mother called. First of all, I love the fact that my mother called just to tell me a story about my dad being dumb. <laughs> that's that's nice. Like, she waited till he left, and he's like, I just have to tell you the story about your father. Uh, my dad went to the optometrist. Yeah. And having never really been to the optometrist, I don't know, the one time I thought my eyes were going, I went to my GP and they, they tested my eyes and they're like, your eyes are fine. I'm like, really? I go blind at nine o'clock every night, but okay. So my dad was at the optometrist and they did the sight reading. Like, you know, you look at the thing, you read the chart, whatever. And yeah. Then, and then I guess they give you drops to like make your pupils dilate or something. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I'm already laughing. I haven't even heard the punchline yet. And I so apparently the optometrist gave my dad like, you know, a tissue to like dab after he applied the drops. My <laughs> dad took the tissue, blew his nose and put the tissue in his pocket. <laughs> the optometrist <laughs> did not say anything. He just kind of looked, went and went and handed my dad another tissue. <laughs> my mother thought this was hysterical because like, what did my dad think? He had the most like empathic optometrist in the world. It's like this man needs to blow his nose. <laughs> Have a tissue. Uh, That's Dan uh, the man. But yes, uh, in that conversation with my mother, she was like, <laughs> mentioned something about, and she was asking about the trip and whatever. And she was just like, well, what do you, what do you have to look forward to in life now, darling boy? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> nothing. I don't know. <laughs> wow. That's, that's nice. Yeah. It's, it's real nice. <laughs> I know she meant nothing by it. I know she was just, it was a harmless question, but it was like, let's take stock of everything in your life now left over after the New York trip. <sighs> uh, but I have, I, I mean, I'm sorry you have nothing fun in your life, but I have fun things in my life. Tell me about the Tell fun things about- in your life. So as some people may know from our sort of biographical kind of episode, I originally am from Toronto. I was born and raised there. I've lived there through most of my life. I moved when I was in my late 20s to Hamilton. But because of that, because living I was living in Toronto, I didn't need a car. And I didn't need to drive. So I didn't need my driver's license. But everyone's been giving me hell about this for years. I think since the age of 16. They have been so for, you know... Over 15 years, they are just under 15 years. They've been giving me just hell about not getting my driver's license. Guess what I did last Thursday? 
You got your permit? I got my G1. I think mine just expired, actually. And everyone is astonished and and amazed. And I'm astonishing and amazing. Um, And I'm really excited about it. And I can't believe that the government gave me a piece of paper that said I could get behind the wheel of a car. I wouldn't give me a piece of paper that said that. With someone else. Well, yes. In the car with you. And you can't drive on, like, freeways. Or after yes. midnight, you're like a gremlin. You can't get <laughs> you can't get the car wet. You can't drive after midnight. Do I get snacks still? Yes. yes. Okay, that's 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 really what's important. As long as I get snacks. I but anyways, my, I'm pretty I, excited about that. I had my permit twice. Uh, I also like because it's even more alarming and baffling that I never had my license because I grew up in like rural outskirts of Windsor, the automotive capital of Canada. Yep. Where like cars are everything. But the people I knew who felt that cars were everything, I kind of loathed and despised. Yeah, that just, happens. Just as humans. So I was like, man, fuck cars. <laughs> so you you basically gave up on everything to do with cars and driving because of people. Independent transportation was just like, yeah, nah. All right. And somehow I pulled it off. Somehow I managed to commute into Windsor for like jobs five days a week because I had friends who would do it. So I would just carpool. That. That's impressive, actually. And once I got to Windsor, I, you know, I had a bus pass. I could get around decently enough. I'm not about to say that Windsor's uh, public transit system is anything to celebrate. And yeah, then I got, you know, I got to Toronto like nine years ago. And it's like, I don't need a car. I can go anywhere. And I love to complain about the TTC as much as anyone. But it's amazing that there's really nowhere in the city I can't get to if I need to. Like, take me a yeah. little longer. Even living like Hamilton is is pretty good, especially downtown for buses. That's all fine. Once you get onto the Hamilton Mountain, it 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 basically I I've been I've gotten lost three times, and I've only been there three times. I'm gonna stop you right there. Hamilton has a mountain. Um, it's no, it's not. It's very confusing to people who who don't are not are not from Ontario. It's a it's a a cliff. It's an escarpment. The escarpment, okay. Yeah, they call it the mountain. I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's not a mountain. It's just a very large piece of land that's hard <laughs> to get up unless you're in a car or a bus. Yeah. I've walked down it. Never walked up. <laughs> and I think, yeah, so I got I got my permit once while I was still living in Windsor just for, like, ID with no real intention to ever follow, follow up on it. That's what everyone keeps on saying to me. They're like, oh, great. Now you have actual ID. I was like, hey, a passport is actual ID. It's just really cumbersome and is really uncool. It's really cumbersome and people freak the fuck out if they know that you're like, I have a friend who like, that's what she uses for ID is her passport. And she kind of like carries it around with her everywhere. And people freak the fuck out on her all the time. You know, if you lose that, it's all over. It's like, what they deport you you cease to exist you know they the shadow police come and disappear you no it's fine it's a pain in the ass and you'll get berated by the passport authorities as happened to me once when my ex-girlfriend put it through the wash but oh that's bad <laughs> me not knowing i was like well this is disintegrating so much for that threw it out oh you did not i did and then I, <gasps> and then i needed to you know get a passport i was going to be going to detroit so I need my passport again, and I went down to do it, and they just, like, sat there and berated me. And it wasn't until they figured out that kind of, like, I was in the midst of a <laughs> awful breakup. Because she was, she was the one, the ex-girlfriend put it through the laundry, and was also acting as my guarantor. 
and there was right. some sort of thing where like he was berating me it's like that you know that's the government's property you didn't have the right to throw it out blah 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 i was like well, okay it's like well you know i'm not lying i'm not trying to defraud the government you know you can call my guarantor like she'll she's the one who put it through the laundry and so like, well, i thought you said your girlfriend put it through the laundry but you'd have her down here as just like roommate i was like well she was my girlfriend then <laughs> and the guy was like oh, oh. oh um okay well uh just i'll just have to uh report it as uh stolen and uh we'll do i was like yeah we'll do whatever just give me my new passport and yeah, the second time I got my license, the one that just expired, was actually the day that breakup happened. Because I felt, that's the one thing I have control over. And I did not sleep and <laughs> took a very long bus out into the middle of nowhere in Toronto to go to the DMV. And just, Speaking of which... Just they... wrote, wrote, my t- wrote my test. And it took me two times. <laughs> <laughs> and on the second time, I got it. Um. Yeah, they don't want people to get their license. The, the DMV is open Monday to Friday... 8 30 to 5 yeah it's not open on weekends it's not open you know later in the day you basically i had to take time out of work to get there and then also it was in the middle of nowhere even for hamilton even for hamilton the middle of nowhere it was like wedged in between a car rental or a truck rental place and like a steel factory like it was it's very strange and we passed it twice because they're like redoing everything and there's there it didn't you could even really see the sign i was like they don't want me to get my like me and all the 16 year olds with their moms yeah, right. they do not want us to get our license today yeah it's it, it it's a interesting thing because being from a city i really f- felt i didn't need it and now even though i'm still in a city getting places can be almost impossible if you don't have a car. So I figured yeah, it was time. Time. Right before I'm 30. I should get it. <laughs> I'll do it before I'm 40. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you don't you don't, you don't need you don't. one. And you know you only need a you only need a license in Toronto really if you're going somewhere else and maybe you want to you need to rent a car. Like that's Yes. Or on the off on chance the off that like chance. you know you want to rent a zip car or something, which are those like you know, or rando cars that are just my parking lot in my apartment building has like three of them sitting there. Or just just listen to me for a second. Mm-hmm. You want to take a car with some people to go to New York to see the Queens play. Yes, but as I've learned, people apparently I have people in my life who apparently have no problem just saying like, "Let's go," and don't mind if I sit sit in the back for eight hours. So, but I mean, if everyone were you, Jordan, then no one would have been going to see the Queens. But the point is, I'm a unique snowflake, Caitlin. <laughs> oh okay and the universe balances itself right okay well speaking of unique snowflakes look at that look Meg. At jesus her segue game is just on point this is what she's been doing the days i don't see her it, yes honing my segue honing game. Your segue game because as someone once put it and i don't know if this is actually in one of our episodes but as someone once put it you really got to work on that because yeah you're def- yeah. it was me <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Who else do I do the podcast with, Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've started one of the myriad uh, side podcasts <laughs> you've been talking about. It's always with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Weather update with Kate and Jord. <laughs> Movie talk with Kate and Jord. Food talk with Kate and Jord. Jord. You will never have a podcast that is not with me. <laughs> no. No, I won't. Okay. Well, anyways, back to what I was saying. Special snowflakes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones is awesome. <laughs> That's not the whole bit of news. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The reason Leslie Jones is awesome is because she has just discovered T'Challa. The she's Black just Panther. she's just discovered the Black Panther. So um, there's an article from Mary Sue. Uh, it was really well written by uh, Teresa Jasuno, I think is how you say her last name. And she was writing about Leslie Jones, like live tweeting her find like her watching Captain America and her finding out about this T'Challa Black Panther character. And it's epic and hilarious. And we think I'm I'm involving myself in the community. We think uh, Leslie Jones should basically just live tweet everything because she did not know T'Challa was a character. She did not know. I think she just is familiar with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. so she wouldn't have known who he is yet. And so she's discovered him and keeps on calling him Catman. I think is what she keeps on calling. Him. Catman, uh, which is epic and awesome and a fabulous nickname for him. And in the article, it's put really well because I think they're probably, for by and large, most people were supportive, but I think there are probably a couple of people out there who gave her a hard time for not knowing about this character. Really? But, really? Yes, Nerds really. Nerds were jerks about people not knowing something. But the way Teresa put it was, for everything you think everyone knows about, there are countless people who've never heard of that before. And that's what it's come up a couple times in the podcast where I forget that people don't know all of the things I know about. Star Trek keeps coming up at work and my coworkers just stare blankly at me as I go on about Star Trek. There was a person named Spock yesterday. What? Isn't that? What? A, yeah. His last name was Spock. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I thought it was amazing, guess. and no one else cared. No one. Like crickets. No one. No one. So yeah, that's uh, that was my news that I thought was kind of interesting, and no one really would care about. But it just it it's nice to see people so excited about T'Challa. Black Panther lit, fam. It's true. It's true. Hopefully, Leslie Jones spreads the word. Well, uh, well news I have that again doesn't really matter to anybody, but it's just made me smile and is wonderfully bizarre well established on the program that we both hate variant covers we think they're dumb yes we don't yes we don't approve of the practice really we give a minor pass to like the hip-hop variants that marvel does uh definitely giving a pass to valiant comics december variant covers which will feature cats in cosplay (gasps) that's amazing so if so, you get the variant covers of Valiant's December titles, you can have kitties and outfits. And what's more, proceeds from the sale of the variants go to the Brooklyn Animal Rescue Coalition. Oh, see, that's a way to do a variant cover. Right? Right. You don't put insane clown posse on your variant cover. You 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 put cute kittens. Cute kitties in ninja cute. outfits. <gasps> Oh, cute kitties and ninja outfits. <laughs> I have not seen all of them. Apparently cosplay covers have been done before. I don't know who did them. But yeah, Valiant was just like, you know what would make this better? Cats. Because <gasps> it's like rule 67 of the internet. Oh man, if they could put pizza and then put the cats in samurai outfits, they could have samurai pizza cats. <laughs> that would make me so happy. Deep cuts. How have you not looked this up yet? 
I well, I I'm trying to stay still. I got wires everywhere. I got headset on. I'm there's I have my water near me. I feel like if I turn at any moment, the whole thing's gonna come crashing down. And it's gonna be my fault. Samurai, Samurai. pizza cat, <gasps> cosplay. Please send it to me. I'm waiting to hear if any if there it exists because if it doesn't, I think I know when I'm I might be cosplaying next year. Well, well I see humans. I guess that's okay. It tends to go. It, to it go. seems to go in two varieties: either just as a human in the outfit, or full on like you have made a mask of the character as well. I think that's cooler. Um, yeah, it doesn't that's, work. That, there seem to be the two differing philosophies of samurai pizza cat cosplaying. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't work if you're not an actual cat. Why have I not looked up? Samurai Pizza Cat, like the OG, like whatever it was originally, like in the Japanese. It's got to be floating around on some bootleg site somewhere. I don't know. All I know is it was one of the best shows ever on television. It was also one of those shows that like came up at a time when like, was it post Sailor Moon or just pre Sailor Moon? I don't know. Oh, remember, it was, but... it was pre, it was pre Sailor Moon. Yeah, it was, actually. wasn't it? Cause you know, yeah. it had the anime aesthetic. So obviously, well, obviously this was in the era where I didn't really even know what anime was. I was just like, this looks awesome. And I love all of this and I love everything, how everything looks. And I like the giant robot and yeah, I love and all I, of this, but not knowing it was anime. It was just, I knew it was, it was dope. And I, I love that they got shot out of cannons <laughs> for no, uh, for pizza it a, shoots. It was a gun. Was it? It was like a revolver. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So uh, Good, good show. Good show. Oh, speaking of um, anime and things that are Japanese, I actually came across... Jesus, I just, I can't deal with them today. So good. Um, I have come up with some news, which is weird coming from me, (laughs) but, but I thought it was really interesting. There is a One Piece Kabuki, which is kind of amazing. So One Piece... Like a theater play. Yes. About One Piece. Of... About One Piece, which is a very well-known uh, manga. The 3,000 episode will never end <laughs> shown I think in I'm... manga and anime about pirates. Is it Eichiro Oda? It's an yes, e... it's definitely Oda. I don't remember what the first name is. That who That's the the person who's written it. Um, the Kabuki oh, he wrote adapts the play? volumes... Well, no, he he wrote that he wrote the. I'm just letting people know if they're okay. interested. He wrote One Piece, uh, and it, or he created it at least. And the Kabuki adapts volumes 51 to 60, which I'm always astonished that they go on that long. I forget that manga just keeps on going and going. Yeah, going. I think, I think he said he's like maybe half done. Wow. Anyways, it's been a massive hit in Japan. And they're going to be showing it in movie theaters because it was so such a big hit. The play. Um, it's going. It's they're showing. It's basically like a movie of the play. So they've recorded the the play and they're going to show it in movie theaters. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they've done it um, with uh, National Theatre Live, which is a um, National Theatre is a theater in London, and they've I've gone to a couple shows in Toronto where they filmed the stage. Um, or the play, the stage adaptation of the play of something, and then they've put it um, on movie theater so us lovely plebs can enjoy it as well. Yeah, they always have the posters up at the movie theater. I just never know 
anyone who goes to them except for you apparently so now i do except for me i also go to the uh opera one it's very good it's because i'm a big nerd anyways <laughs> uh the movie version will open in Japan on October 22nd. There is no news yet about doing subs and releasing it in North America, but you never know. Oh, I'm sure it'll get out there. Probably. I don't. I just don't know if they're going to release it in theaters in Wh- North America. Whether it'll get out there legitimately or not is another question. But... Well, like, well, exactly. Um, and what's really interesting, I thought, is that the play, or the Kabuki rather, um, sold 100,000 tickets during its Tokyo debut. In comparison, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child sold 250,000 in its London debut. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Motherfuckers be loving their One Piece. Apparently. And apparently just the Kabuki is fantastic. So keep your eyes open for that if you're interested. I actually just saw, um, so... Uh, Miranda Sanchez, who is a writer and editor at IGN and hosts the Anime Club podcast. She is in Japan right now at the Tokyo Game Show covering that. She had an an adorable feature about playing VR dating sims. Mm -hmm. Um, And also she went to the One Piece restaurant and has a ton of photos of the food and the insane props. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does food, is is it a big deal in One Piece? No, but it's just like, hey, you've constructed Luffy out of like potatoes. Oh, I see. It doesn't. It's not like it's not like the food of the world. It's just that they've made food that looks like characters. Might and be a things. little of both. The po- the photos she was posting on like her Instagram story were um more of like inspired by. That's kind of cool, actually. And the restaurant just looks mass. It's massively huge. The props and it's got like half a ship built into it. It's like pretty nice. that is amazing that's super cool so yeah uh there's a story on that on ign if you're interested you can look that up uh hold on let me try this speaking of things that are popular in japan <gasps> well done i'm trying gojira what is gojira godzilla oh i think i heard about this so this is actually came up on an episode you were not here for this was on the the bachelor club episode <laughs> which um, t- was quite a while ago actually was quite a while ago but uh Kayim and i had done just a quick in or out on a like a giant batch of trailers that had come out kind of at once and at the time one of the trailers we talked about was the uh toho's new japanese relaunch of the godzilla franchise not to be confused right. with the u.s relaunch the gareth edwards relaunch of the godzilla franchise with brian Cranston. Haven't is it hasn't the American hasn't that been relaunched several times? In America, no. They did the terrible one with Matthew Broderick. Okay. And then it's been nothing since the one that came out in twenty fifteen. Oh, weird. I thought there were more. No, uh, and there really hasn't been a Japanese one for like ten years. Wow. They had one called Final Wars, which was basically just like a huge battle royal, and apparently at one point like rubber suit Godzilla like just blasted Matthew Broderick Godzilla, like, into oblivion. <laughs> he was, like, fighting all these monsters, and then suddenly CGI Matthew Broderick Godzilla was there, and Rubber Suit Godzilla was just like, Psh, fuck out of here. <laughs> One shot, blasted it, so. Shade. Shade from the from the creators of Godzilla towards the North American reimaginers. Reima- that's good. That's good for 
when the trailers and this project were announced, it was notable to a certain extent because the movie was being co-directed by a guy named Hideaki Anno, who is known to nerds of my stripe for being the creator and lead director on Neon Genesis Evangelion. Right. And at the time, Kaiman, I noted a lot of Evangelion-esque type frames and like compositional shots of like, you know, military trucks on a hillside type of thing. Still don't really know much of the plot, but anyway, the movie is out in Japan and it has done bananas business. Really? It has made, it is currently the top grossing live action film of the year in Japan. It's made about $100 million US. Isn't that's kind of weird, isn't it? What, that that a Godzilla movie is has done well, that well? It, no, not that a Godzilla movie has done that well, but there's just, Godzilla's just, isn't it the same story all the time? Kind of, yeah. Kinda. And but again, this, why... is, this is a, again, this is a relaunch. So it's, you know, the first encounter with Godzilla. So it's just Godzilla and figuring out what to do about him. That's, see, that just doesn't make any sense. It's, I, I've already seen that movie. I saw it in the 90s and it was terrible. But you haven't seen this movie, Caitlin. No, and I probably won't. He's got a longer tail. Oh, I don't know. Caitlin, that longer tail, though. Caitlin. Yeah. But that longer tail, though. <laughs> but that longer tail, though. <laughs> Hashtag. But what that about that tail? longer tail, though? <laughs> um uh so okay all right and and it's done right. bananas business whether you understand it or not the japanese there's love so their many things that there's so many things i don't understand about japan so that we'll just add it to the list and as is often the case with things that do this well funimation has announced they are going to screen this movie subtitled on 440 screens across the u.s and canada starting october 11th through the 18th that is that is really cool so I'm I'm gonna be there. Hey, you know what you should do? Hmm. Just as just for our fans and and for people who are interested, you should send in an email to Funimation and get them to do that with the Kabuki. Do they? The thing we the thing we just talked about? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm aware of a conversation we had. Five I can't ago, tell. Caitlin. I can't see your face. <laughs> you can't I don't see know my if you're thinking. thinking. Face. <laughs> I was thinking if Funimation was actually the uh, rights holder for One Piece. I think they are. Definitely look into that. You could save people's day. For the 15, you know, Western anime fans who want to see a Kabuki reimagining I, of One Piece. You know what? I would actually just go see it because Kabuki is awesome. <laughs> also of note in the Godzilla story is there was a screening somewhere and the actors and Anosan were there and somebody... Somebody kind of threw like a pat, an audience member kind of threw like a passive aggressive comment <laughs> with like, because they've been, I don't know if you knew this, they've been redoing Evangelion. Oh. As a series of four movies. I did not know this. And the first movie is very close to the TV series. The second movie starts to veer off a little bit. And the third movie goes batshit crazy and it's completely different. Wow. So people have been. Well, I mean, Evangelion went batshit crazy. So yeah, that's the same. <laughs> How do you go batshit crazy with batshit crazy? Uh, but no, there was like a time jump and everything you know about the previous narrative of Ava is like completely different. So you mean you mean I'm sorry, there might be an actual ending. There was an ending to Ava. <laughs> no, there wasn't. We can do a special episode and deep dive this. I have spent so much time thinking and reading 
and writing about Ava in my life. I I, I would like that All because right. I am pretty sure there wasn't an ending. We can get in, we can get into that. Um, uh, but this, but... so the fourth film, it's been years, no trailers, no word of anything, and then Anna went off to co-direct this Godzilla movie. So somebody in the audience at this screening, I guess, was like. Yeah, just by the way, I really love Ava. I'll wait as long as it takes for the fourth movie. Wow. <laughs> and Anna was like, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to work really hard on it. And then admitted, I'm already working really hard on it. So it was like the, the fiends, the thirst, they just, the thirsty fiends just soaked that up. It's like, oh my God, he mentioned that he was working on Ava. But I, I'm I'm happy for people. So that's all they got. You want you want to know an acknowledgement that he was you know actually thinking about this fourth movie. You want to know what I'm not happy about? God, you're just I'm I'm they're breathtaking. I'm killing it Your today. Your segues are fucking breathtaking today. What but, are you? What? Sorry, I, I, not... I, I was so taken aback by how amazing that segue was. I forgot what the point you were actually making. What are you not happy about? Is that yeah. the question? Yeah, what I'm what am I not happy about? What are you not happy about, Kate? I might know what you're not happy about, but uh it starts with Star Trek Discovery. It starts with Star Trek. It starts with well it starts it starts with Star Trek Discovery. And it ends with postponed until May twenty seventeen. It ends with delayed. Postponed. Yes. Postponed yes. So until May this twenty seventeen. Drop in January? Yes, it was. And now it's not. No, and you know what comes between January and May? What, Caitlin? February and March. The, the worst months ever? The the worst months ever. So you were really banking on Star Trek to alleviate seasonal depression. Yeah. I am a sad, sad human being in February. February? February. Blame February. That on, blame that on Skype. Um, right. And Brian Fuller and cbs beyond or whatever the hell their web app is called had just the indecency to postpone this well past when you will need it the most because they apparently uh they want to make it perfect you know what (laughs) they can suck it okay i'm okay first people the universe is postponing the captain marvel (laughs) and now this i don't know if i can take it jordan they're just ta- they're taking everything away from you. They are. Next, Netflix is gonna take away DS Nine. It's ridiculous. Uh, okay, I, I might I might have something. I might have something that'll help this. Um, I'm oh, winging I'm okay. winging this. I'm winging this. I know you're sad about this. I am. Oh God damn it! No, this isn't gonna help. It's not what, what is I, it now? It's not what I thought it was. Oh, okay. Um. Idris Elba took a break from filming in Brisbane and took photos with fans. That's... Am, what, am I in Brisbane? I'm trying, Caitlin. <laughs> I am disappointed. <laughs> Actually, you you know what? You know what is helping a little bit? Hmm. So, when I was, I was going around the internet, like I do. <laughs> as you do. As I do. Just, you know, doing my thing on the internet, looking at, looking at news. Uh... I found a post about a T-Rex battle royale. Oh, I saw this too. This was at fucking Burning Man, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and I have no interest in Burning Man whatsoever, but I have an interest in the T-Rex Battle Royale. It was fantastic. So I think I'm just going to keep, that's going to keep me going for a little bit. So this was um, a bunch of people in those meme-tastic, half-inflatable T-Rex costumes, just kind of like moshing? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think there was a swings or something. I can't, can't even remember. I just, it's the idea of the little tiny arms <laughs> trying to trying to tag each other. <laughs> Google T-Rex Battle Royal, Burning Man. You can see what we're talking about. It's fantastic. And hopefully it will make your day as better as it made Caitlin's day <laughs> when faced with the news that Star Trek was getting delayed. Yeah. You know what else might make your day better? Coming back for the second half of the show. Oh, boom. Boom. If I, uh, hold on. I just dropped the mic. I just dropped my own mic. So hot the segues. You're so, I was going to say, because you're so excited. So hot the segues are this week. So we are going to take a break right now and make sure that this Skype business is actually working. And when we come back, Caitlin and I will talk about the things we brought each other. As said See. earlier, probably going to get interesting. See you soon. everyone and welcome back to the show this is the part of the show where jordan and i bring each other the things we want each other to watch or view or read or consume and then we talk about them yep but before we begin we have three rules we do have three rules the first rule is the rule of three the rule of three if it runs in installments episodes issues parts of any sort you have to give it three chances because as we have talked about usually the first installment of something particularly television shows tend to be not so great usually because they're pilots but sometimes it's just you know the actors are trying to get into it they're trying to find their footing the show pacing might be weird so we like to you know really get into it before we make our judgments most often a pilot has some heavy lifting to do. It has to establish itself. It has to make sure you're a comfortable viewer because it's new. You don't know what you're going into. It has to make sure you're okay, that you have a sense of everything that's happening. It doesn't get a chance to do what it's going to do until later episodes. So we give it a chance to get to that point. Exactly. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Which is all about Jordan and I not talking about the thing we brought each other, even though we might really, really want to, and saving it for the show because we want to let you guys have our first reactions. Guys, I'm so nervous this week. I can barely get through the first segment of the show to get to the second. Anyway, well, we'll get to it. (laughs) Speaking of the second segment of the show, the third point, which is not a rule so much as a policy, it's going to be very relevant this week. Ample notice. It is spoilers. And we will give you ample notice again. Yes, as Kate said, has to do with spoilers. They're going to happen. All the spoilers. All the Super spoilers. spoilers. And oftentimes, recently, this has not really been an issue. We've either been talking about something really old or something where the parts of it that we watched were not really spoilery. So it didn't really matter if we went into it because the uh, things were not very twisty turny. It's going to be an issue this week. For the thing Jordan has given me to take a look at, not for the thing I've given Jordan. No. 
Uh, feel free to hang out for our discussion of Black Books, but when we get into Train to Busan later in the show, that is a new movie. You may want to see it. I think you should see it. I don't know how Kate feels about it. We'll get to that. But there are twists. There are turns. There are deaths. There are things and... you probably don't want to know about going into it. Yeah. And definitely, for, definitely, if you don't want to hear anything about any kind of show, you should probably just leave now. Just like, leave. Like, if you can't just handle leave. spoilers at all, even the names of people, then you just, you need to, you need to head out. <laughs> the names of the people. Names. I would think the names would come up. We'll, we'll get to that, but it's going to, I'll say the names of all the characters in Train to Busan once, and then it's just going to be like, you know, business dude. Yes, punchy, or large, guy. tough guy. <laughs> yeah, large, tough guy. Exactly. Um, yeah. That will come later. Right now, we are going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. That's right. And as we mentioned, I brought Jordan Black Books. Uh, Black Books is yet another British television show that I've loved. And I wasn't sure about giving it to Jordan at first because I've given him so much British British television and he doesn't really, you're not really partial to it. I understand that. But I really like some of the characters in the show, and I thought you might like them. And they deal with a lot of customers being awful in the show, and I thought you could identify with that as well. And I don't know. I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to make him watch it anyways. <laughs> I just I feel like I want to I I hear you rant about British television. I miss it. <laughs> So Black Books is a show that was developed by the comedian Dylan Moran, who um, he actually stars in the show, and by Graham Linehan, who he's worked on Father Ted and on the IT crowd. Uh, and he's pretty well known sort of in British television land. It also, like I said, it stars Dylan Moran, but it also stars Bill Bailey, who's a really well-known British comedian, and Tamsin Gregg, who is, again very well-known uh, British comedian. They all are, are well-known for the show, but have gone on to do much more in their careers. It started in 2000, went to 2004, which is, I mean, for a comedy series, that's pretty good. It start, started on Channel 4 on BBC, and it follows the story of uh, Bernard Black, who is a small bookshop owner called Black Books. And it follows him and his two friends, Manny and Fran, who you're introduced to in the first series. Though, I have to say, Bernard and Manny in the first series, or in the first show particularly, are not exactly friends. Uh, but over time, their friendship develops. And basically, he's just this curmudgeonly, caustic book shop owner and i love everything about it did, how did i do should i go through more detail or do you want to get into all the things you hated about it uh no i think you did a good job okay great okay so you get on get into all the things you hated about it oh my god <laughs> you know in extras yeah when ricky gervais gets the job on the soul-crushing sitcom yes this was like that. No, it was not. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't no, it as wasn't. catchphrasy and banal as that, but the fucking laugh track on this is. Is there a laugh track on this? There is, and it is oppressive. 
Is it? And oh, incessant, man. and it never fucking <laughs> stops. I completely forgot. I didn't think there was a laugh track on this show. Yes, laugh track. It is time for me to laugh. I will get the fish hooks and insert them under my lips and hook them around my ears because it's time to laugh, laugh track. Let me know. God. Oh, man. I don't even notice laugh tracks. Terrible. I'm sorry. Um, and I know you brought me this because it's like, Jordan's a curmudgeon, and this has got a curmudgeon. They'll be the best yeah. friends. <laughs> exactly. You got it. <laughs> they will be best friends. His misanthropy, like pushes the bounds of plausibility well that's kind of the point <laughs> this is this is so broad <laughs> there is no subtlety there's not even really like much by way of intelligence in it like it's just this i wonderfully silly british comedy show the jokes are all like whiz bang pow like you you work in a so bookstore and the jokes are about basically how like you're you're a sloven ass who doesn't know how to take care of yourself like which is hilarious sh- sure this is i oh I I'm, every time I, this it's just so weird for me that i don't find this shit funny like at all like it's not even like eh it's like i hate this why do you give it to me like i am to believe that manny accidentally consumes a book it's called suspension of disbelief and, and it's it, supposed to be oh and my then god absorbs the tenets of the book yes it's fabulous the only part about that sequence that was enjoyable was like hey baby marvin freeman <laughs> good to see it you is, baby there marvin is freeman. Yep, baby Mar- uh, Martin Freeman. Good to He's see in you, there. Baby Martin Freeman is <laughs> playing the doctor. I thought some of the bits with Fran and Bernard were fine. I chuckled a bit because she's she Fran owns a shop as well, like a little knickknack shop where she says she sold she sells loads of wank. <laughs> yeah, that that actually made me chuckle. She was replying to the fact that she got an order in of some thing she didn't even know what it was, just like a sphere with a spout on it. And the the B plot is basically trying to figure out what the hell this thing is that she's ordered. But yeah, she has these beads in her shop, and it seems to be a running bit that when people walk through, they're constantly like battling with the beads. Yeah. When they walk through the door, ha ha, I guess. Wow. I didn't think you'd dislike it this much. Maybe I should be in the room when you <laughs> review things. Like, is this what like British everybody loves Raymond looks like? Is this the British Big Bang Theory? Like, is this just like. Um, the broad I, mass appeal like i don't know if it's that broad no i wouldn't say it's that broad i mean it's not it's not as weird as like the mighty boosh but it's still it definitely isn't isn't mass appeal that's like father ted is sort of mass appeal this is this is a little bit stranger i don't know i feel it you know what it's like it's like the wonderfalls of the British world. I don't even know what that is. You um, you don't know what Wonderfalls is? No. <gasps> so no wonder you don't get this show. I mean, you can see Wonderfalls. <laughs> Good heavens. You're saying Wonderfalls, like some kind of wonderful, or Wonderfalls? Wonderfalls. Like, like waterfalls. Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what that is. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Well, I know what to put on the list oh, next. Oh boy, I await with bated breath. <laughs> Please bring me more. 
So, okay, shortest segment ever where... <laughs> okay, the things I like about the show is the suspension of disbelief, the silliness of it all, uh, the fight with the beads. I mean, this came out in 2000, right? There wasn't that much out there like it. I mean, there'd been a couple things before. And the IT crowd is very similar in its silliness. In its, you know, there's a there in the IT crowd, there's a whole show basically about where they've given their manager the internet they've they've just given her a box and told her it's the internet and she goes around telling people that she has the internet and she's trying to take care of the internet it's ridiculous and silly and stupid and it's funny but i mean and spoiler i never really fucks with the it crowd either well it just obviously you don't have a well-rounded sense of humor i mean i can't attack of the show on g4 back in the day and it was like oh time to go watch something else and I tried it. Like, I'll watch this. It's for me. It's a comedy. It's British. It's about tech culture. Sure, it'll be some dope satire. And no, it's just Chris O'Dowd playing, like, brash, angry white dude. And I know that's the point. It's supposed to play off the nerdiness of the Richard Ioyeti, butchering his name every time I say it, off of that character. But it's like, I don't, I don't need that. And the IT crowd is, the Chris O'Dowd character on the IT crowd is, like, the Bernard Black character turned up to, like, 20. But it's still, like, the same thing. It's similar, yeah, for sure. And I mean, but also the IT crowd has, they have a vampire in their, like, modem room. Like, you know, there's, it's just sort of, there's a silliness to it. And again, I guess that's the same Doctor Who thing. There's a cheesy sort of silliness, uh, campiness to it that I guess if you don't like that, then everything I give you is going to suck. It's not that I'm averse to silly because I love community. Mm, it doesn't there, get fucking sillier than community. I Maybe you just have things against British accents. I don't know. Just something about like, I'm just watching the show. Like, I don't even know how you people survive. Like, I don't even know how you live. Like, again, living in squalor. That's always like a big thing with these British shows you give me. People are always just living in filth. <laughs> I guess it's... <laughs> I don't know. I guess the it's Bush just... lives in a trailer at a zoo. Um, That's true. He lives upstairs at his own bookshop, his horribly kept bookshop. And maybe as someone who has worked in book retail, I just can't get behind the fact that, like, yes, sure, they were just waiting for him to leave the shop before they could all come in and buy the books. Or when he's like, Manny's on the phone with the uh, with the distributor, and he's just rattling off like four random titles. <laughs> it's not how you order books. <laughs> Maybe it was in, in the 2000s. That's not how it happens. <laughs> Throwing shit on the table. I can hear it. It's just clanking going on. And it's like a friend goes out on a blind date. Surprise, he's gay. What? How about that B-plot? I'm going to say... He wants to put that... in a tape at the restaurant of his favorite songs. What's the first tip off? His favorite song is Hey Big Spender. What? I'm going to say you didn't enjoy it. It's not going to get a failing grade. It's going to get the bare minimum pass. And this is bare this is still pass. this is still the hottest of takes because I pulled a Caitlin this week and I watched it like an hour ago. <laughs> hey, no, we can't call it pulling a Caitlin. There are so many weeks when I've watched it really early and then you're the one who was, who's been like, really? I'm watching it right now. <laughs> Receipts. <laughs> I feel I feel like that is debatable. I feel like, I'm not going to say I've never done it. I feel like you've done it more recently. Anyway, I definitely did it this week. 
Yeah, you just told everyone. And I was like looking up news stories as it played in the background. Like by episode three, I was like, I'm barely paying attention. Oh, they're doing a Frankenstein riff. That's clever. Uh, what? What? Okay, so everyone on the internet, come at Jordan. You can reach him at... Uh, Jordan underscore Ferguson on Twitter, or do it on the Facebook group, which we haven't mentioned yet, which is at... www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Oh, even over Skype, just nailing it. Even over Skype. You should definitely tell him why he's wrong and explain better than I did. I've already lost friends tonight about this. (laughs) Yeah, me. No, not just you. (laughs) Well, my I'm the only one my here Christine tonight. Is out. My friend Christine loves the show so much. She's going to see. I don't know. You pronounced it weird. Is it not just Dylan Moran? Dylan Moran? Isn't that what I said? It sounded like you said some weird Gaelic pronunciation of it. But anyway, Dylan Moran is apparently coming to the Greater Toronto area for something, and she's like going to see him next month. I could go. I mean, I could see someone going to see him. I don't particular particularly like his stand-up comedy but i really liked him in the show and i really liked the show i i don't know how we're friends maybe, sometimes maybe i should check out his, his stand-up <laughs> i don't know i don't i think if you don't like his curmudgeoniness on the show you're not gonna like his stand-up very much it might be smarter though maybe i don't know i just i think maybe it's because i watched it sort of when it was coming out This is, you know, the days before community and there wasn't this silliness about in the world. And also we know how much I love British television. I don't love all British television, but I do love certain things. The probably the weirder, sillier stuff. I don't know why you don't. I don't know. I love community. I love the office. I'm not like averse to awkward or stupid or silly humor, but like this is like watching, you know, the three stooges to me. Like it's just I can see, I guess, how it was funny for its time, but there's just it just feels like there's no sophistication there. It's just like, I don't want to do my taxes. Look what I did. I made it a coat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, you just, I think it's so funny. <laughs> that, just, that just tickles Kate right in her. <laughs> it does. Uh, making a coat out of taxes. <sighs> well, I mean. The, the unbridgeable yeah, gap. We keep, we keep trying. We keep trying. Keep, One day keep, I'll find something. You keep bringing them. I'll keep watching them, but. Today is not that day. Today is not that day. Black we have Books not crossed that bridge. Five kick punches. Oh, five kick punches. Yeah, I think you definitely. There are people who are never going to talk to you again. Oh yes, I'm definitely definitely lost friends for this one. Yeah, don't be too harsh on him, guys. <sighs> one day he ate a book, ate a and the book. book was about being calm, and then he became calm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. totally how it works. I will say. Well, I will say. I will say Fran is the only character that made me laugh. Really? Yes. When she was on the blind date and was like, the blind date had left to go put on his tape of show tunes. Sorry, show tunes because he's gay. Yes. And gay people like show tunes. Right. So that's how we learn he's gay. Yes. Or when he blatantly stared at the waiter's butt later on. Yes. That's how we know he's gay. 2000, Jordan. 2000. Because he's gay. Um, It was 2000. (laughs) But he had gone off and she was like, you know, on the low trying to like fill his wine glass some more and because she really wanted this to work out and had undone like one of the buttons on her dress and then thought yep. better of it and did it up again and she she was still like adjusting them adjusting her tatas and when the dude came back she was like oh would you just have a look at these breasts 
that made me laugh. It's like the one. It's like the one like in the entire show. <sighs> one day I'll find something you like that's British. One day, but until that time, I until like, that day, I like British things. I like Broad Church. It, I like Black Mirror. Something that's funny. I'll, I'll go back to Luther one day. Like funny. You're naming all the things that are the least funny <laughs> in the world. Furthest from funny as it can possibly get. All right. Okay. Well, that was relatively i mean it, like like we said it didn't fail but it almost did it was passable it's a show it's a show it functions as a show better than the boosh <sighs> anyways moving right along the, damning it with the faintest of praise <laughs> seriously better than the boosh moving on final warning super spoilery about to get new movie if you want to see it Bye. Epically spoilery. Kate is probably going to have some things to say about this one. Maybe Kate's going to be as harsh as this one as I was on Black Books. We don't know. Doubt it. I'm not. I don't have a cold heart. <laughs> this was brought to me in a couple places. Uh, one friend had brought it up to me out of nowhere. And then a few days later, another friend was like, hey, have you seen this? And this is... The 2016 Korean zombie suspense thriller Train to Busan came out this year, is directed by, and now begins the portion of our program where I butcher Korean names. Ooh, I love this part. Don't you love this part? It is directed by Yeon Sang-ho and written by Park Ju-suk. Uh, Yeon Sang-ho, the director, previously to this point had only directed animation, which may have a bearing on how this looks. I don't know. Might a little bit. This is basically Cabinary of the Iron Fortress live action in the present day. Except it's not steampunk. In the present day. And there's no steampunk. Well, that's what I was implying, but... In an alternate universe, we could have steampunk right now happening. Okay. So, like Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which we loved, should be said. We did love we it. We were big fans of that show. This is... A zombie movie that centers around a train journey. I guess our protagonist um, could be considered to be ooh, Siok Woo. Siok Woo, yeah. Henceforth known as I, I, Dad. Main, no, no, no. He's main guy. Main guy. Main guy dad. He yeah. is a hedge fund manager and a dad. And his daughter is Suan. She's probably about, I don't know, what would you say, seven? Six or seven? I seven or eight uh, i thought she was like eight Eh, we'll go with eight um he does not have a great relationship with her uh because he works so much and for her birthday she really wants to go to the neighboring city of busan which is where her mother is she wants she wants to see her mom for her birthday and the father keeps trying to delay the trip over and over again until finally, at the point which he tries to make it up to her by giving her a Wii U, only to discover that she already has the identical Wii U that he gave her once and did not remember giving to her, that he can no longer put this off, and he buys the tickets, and they are on their way to Busan at the moment when some sort of rage virus zombie outbreak has busted out in cities throughout South Korea. Oh yeah, it does. And when... Zombie dear that's all i have to say that was pretty dope huh um and then when one of them in her last throws before making the change hops on the train 
and then immediately attacks one of the train attendants and then all hell breaks loose as they try to survive on the train and make their way to Busan and encounter and meet up with other passengers on the train, not limited to, but including Sang Hua, henceforth known Lar- as large, tough guy, big dude, his pregnant wife, Seong Kyung, who will henceforth be known as pregnant wife, uh, Young Guk, baseball. Yep. And Jin Hee, baseball girlfriend. Yep. And Yon Suk, President Dick. And C- CEO Dick. Is there anyone else you feel that should be mentioned here in this? Yes. Uh, crazy sisters. The old lady sisters? Yes. Oh, and there's a homeless guy as well who doesn't do a lot, but is just kind of. Yeah, we'll just there. call them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Homeless guy. I think that's it. So that is, yeah, basically the plot uh, when this zombie outbreak makes its way onto the train and the passengers have to try to figure out how to survive for the duration of their trip to Busan. If Busan is even safe to get there, this takes place at the start of an outbreak. Which can we, can we, which I'm going to want to start here Mm. because this is why you need to have strong train yard security I don't know how that girl how, how'd she even lumber- get on the train, right? Like that's- lumbering past being like heavy breathing and open sore spilling. Like she didn't have a ticket. No, exactly. No, she didn't have a ticket. And like And that dude was just see- looking the other way. What's going on over there? Oh, I don't know. You see something like that out of the corner of your eye. Anyways, and that's really what started this all. Suspension of disbelief, Caitlin. Know what? <laughs> Go suck an egg. How's that? Suck an egg. Anyway, that is our plot. Caitlin McKinnon, hot take. Yeah. I so like I, I said, said most. It's basically Cabinary. Um. Were you it, like? It, I it... wish I was watching Cabinary. Yes, I was because steampunk, uh, and magic. Uh, and I did. I'm just gonna be honest. I did spend a lot of the movie being terrified and having my eyes half closed. So yeah, I gave this to you. It was a struggle to find it. I really want to talk about it because it's new and it's like seemed like in the ether and I did enjoy watching it. However, I got stressed out and anxious and yeah. full disclosure, cried uh, watching I, there, this movie. There, there were a couple of scenes that were really upsetting. And um, about an hour after it was like, okay, good. We got her, you know, we got her copy of the movie. She's going to watch it. And an hour after setting that up, it occurred to me. Oh my God, Caitlin doesn't like being anxious when she watches things. Caitlin couldn't watch the night of. How the fuck is she going to watch this? I might be in so much yeah. trouble. You are. I'm going to get yelled at for this. Well, I, I'm not going to yell, but it is really hard for me. I just, the, the movie's really, it sounds weird saying this because it, it is a horror movie. It's really beautiful. Yeah, there's like a lot of like wide overhead, beautiful shots of like, you know, landscape and scenery. And like I said at the top, the director comes from animation, so I don't know if that's like his animation background or I, what. I think I think that that it does make a difference because a lot of what they have done the, the scenes they're not like North American horror where it's it's dark and like misty. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Like they they didn't have any real shots where it was hard to see. Yeah, and. It, everything was really well lit and and they did these long shots and even the like composition of the zombies was really beautiful 
And I first thought, and I have not seen the movie I'm about to compare it to, but I've seen this comparison made other places, was uh, World War Z, which I have not seen, but there are a few Mm -hmm. scenes where, like, so should be said, it's less, we're calling them zombies, but it's probably more akin to, like, a 28 Days Later rage virus type of thing. Yes. Um, They don't shuffle. Like, they run. No. No, they run. They don't even really eat people. They just kind of bite them. Like, I didn't see, nobody's yeah. getting torn apart. They kind of get yeah. bit once and nibbled on, and then the change happens, and then they move on to the next. And but the yeah, change they, happens yeah. real fast. Real fast, real like fast. within minutes. And they run in, like, a horde pattern, and they kind of become, like, uh, like a flock of birds or a school of fish, like the way they kind of, like, surge and pulse when they're in crowds. So, so standout mon- moments with that mm-hmm. was when they're being dragged behind dragged the train. By the train, yeah. Which is just for me was such a cool shot, and you know, in between moments where I was panicking, um, and it w- it wasn't so much a jump scare, but I guess I just wasn't expecting it when they're all up against the glass, mm. and, like it's the soldiers, yeah, and they're yeah, all yeah. up against, and it just bursts. So they've they've so stopped they, they at stopped. the first station that they think is going to be safe. They've been told it's going to be safe, and they and they find these soldiers, and all the soldiers have their back when they get their, their back to everyone and then they all turn around and they're all these rage virus zombie things. Yeah. So there's, um, everybody has fled and sort of the like, you know, hero's journey of this is the pairing of big dude and uh, dad. Yeah. Where dad is really kind of like looking out for himself. He only is trying to save like him and his daughter. So when they get to this station, he's been tipped off to a coworker that like he should go to another exit. Um, yeah, which he does, but then there's like no good exit cause there's, you know, turned soldiers everywhere. So it's big dude, like the homeless guy and dad all trying to like bar up this, uh, these glass doors so everybody can get back to the train and get the fuck out of there. They get it shut and immediately they crash through. <laughs> yeah. And you don't cause the you glass should... and they like spill. They're like yeah, liquid. I... Exactly. And I hadn't really seen that before. I, I mean, also, I don't watch a lot of zombie flicks. Let's be honest here. But even the ones I have seen, I haven't really seen anything like that. They almost seem more terrifying. The way Cabinary, they become like the smoke monster. Yeah, how they all kind of like, you know, merge into one amorphous creature. And I yeah. like I feel like there were scenes in World War Z. And like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but I feel like there was... In some of the promo ads for World War Z, there were shots of like just this massive tidal wave of zombies like surging up against a wall type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I feel like maybe they cribbed a bit from that, whatever. On the smaller scale of this, I feel like it works even more terrifyingly. Yeah. And I still can't get that. that I mean, it is cool because we've seen zombies in trains before, um, but just the way they did the shots with the train was really cool Um, and having that narrow space to do those shots in was awesome and they tweak the idea of zombies a little bit like that's always what i like anything that's going to tweak it a little bit like so in this one yes they can run okay that's been done before the zombies in this are really visual based i think a lot of zombie movies almost make it like smell like the walking dead had that bit where like you know the walkers can like smell them so there were scenes where they would like chop up a corpse and smear shit all over themselves so the zombies wouldn't smell their freshness i guess but in this it's really sight based 
like when they're all pressed up against the glass, they figure out if they don't want to just cover up the window, they'll like cool the fuck out and not try to like bash through there. Yeah. And there's a scene later on where they have to, after everybody's kind of been separated into different cars by... Because people are assholes. Because people are assholes. But when, yeah, when this shit at the first station goes awry, most of the survivors get onto one car. Um, one of the old sisters, pregnant girl and daughter end up on a second car. And yep. then like baseball, big guy, <laughs> baseball, big guy and dad all end up on like the furthest car. So it's now shifts into this, like they have to make their way up the train. Yeah. And there's a scene where they figure out that like when they go through a tunnel, when it's dark, the zombies can't see anything. Yeah. And they don't know they're there, which I, which I liked. I hadn't seen that done before. I'm not super steeped in like every detail and every tweak that the zombie mythos has undergone in the last like 60 years. But I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was hard because I, what I was, um, I was scared. The the one good, well, it kind of was interesting. I was, I happened to be watching this on a train. I was wondering if you were going to be on a train when you were watching. <laughs> Which I knew wasn't like, I was like, oh God. And I wasn't thinking, oh God, zombies are going to get me on this train. But it just had, it was a nice atmosphere for watching it. And it was the middle of the day. And, you know, though there were a couple times when I jumped and people probably thought I was nuts. Because <laughs> there's a little, ah! um, as I, as I was sitting there. Uh, and there, there, there weren't, it wasn't jump scares. It was just scary. And that's the Asian thing, right? Like Asian movies, just Asian Asian. horror movies usually are about consuming sense of dread. Then like, yeah, things are okay. What? No, they're not. Like that's, that's what American ones do. Asian movies will be more like shit's bad and it's going to be bad and you're going to feel bad for the next like two hours. Yeah. And I was especially upset when large tough guy died okay so yeah now now we really have to start getting into how they started dropping like flies i knew big guy wasn't gonna make it he was way too noble and like i i knew characters were gonna die some people who had told me about this movie had kind of tipped that that it was really rough when characters started dying so when I saw him and he's like, he's way too noble. He's way too cool. He has like him and his wife are like total relationship goals. Like just. And when he, sorry, but when he like wraps his arm anyways, that was super cool. So yeah, basically he sacrifices himself. They're trying to hold yeah. the zombies shut in one car while they make their way to another one to grab essentially the women. And if I had one criticism, it's like the women don't do anything in this movie except, you know, act as bait or something to be rescued. Whatever. Yeah. It's a dumb zombie movie. They don't really have agency over what they do. They just kind of hang around and wait to get rescued. Or but get sacrificed by assholes. Sorry. Get to that. Um, <laughs> so as he's holding it up, it's like, I know how this is going to go. He's going to go full ham. Like, go save my wife. <laughs> They'll have their beautiful moment. As she ruins, as she burst into tears. My first, my fear was like, bitch, if you go into labor, <laughs> do not go into labor on the zombie train. <laughs> Well, because I've and I've seen uh, and I think it's what is it? Uh, was Dawn of the Dead or something? They have like a zombie baby, mm. and it's super freaking creepy. And I'm really glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I was happy yeah. with that too. But I mean, you knew he was going to go down Blades of Glory style, like, and just fight off as many as he could until they ultimately, ultimately get him. And that was cool. I was not expecting everybody to go down. <laughs> yeah, pretty when, much when. CEO Dick decided his move was to just throw people at the hordes to save yeah. himself. 
Seriously. That was the moment when he grabbed baseball girlfriend and yeah. threw her at the horde. That was the moment I, I yelled at the fucking screen. Yeah. I was like, I are you fucking serious? I and couldn't I was believe so it. mad. And then that was just heartbreaking because she's turning in the arms of her boyfriend and he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she eats him. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even try to get away. He just sits there. Yeah. I was like, okay, we are we are in it now, people. And basically, as they go on their way, they they make it to, they make it to Busan, right? Um, or just before Busan, they have to change trains. They make it to a train yard, and the track they're on is blocked. That's what it is. Pretty yes. much everyone's everyone's done by this point. Yeah. Because um, our heroes have made their way up the train to where the remainder of the survivors are, and CEO Dick for I don't even know why. <laughs> maybe because the dude chat. Maybe because Dad challenged him and like punched him in the face. Um, they tried to lock them out. They didn't want to let them on. Yeah. To their car. And then when they get on, dad like immediately punches CEO Dick in the face. And I was like, yes, that's, Thank that's you. the totally correct response to that. And for his pride or whatever, is like, look, he's crazy. He's infected. Look at him. And they end up pushing them ahead up to a car further ahead to like isolate them or whatever. Turns out to be the best move because then crazy lady cra crazy old sister like, who was like life oh, is yeah. pointless and people shouldn't help each other and this is all stupid and everything and thank you twin sister or whatever who has already been turned into a zombie and she's looking at her kind of pressing up against the glass it's like eh, i'm just gonna kill myself and take everybody with me uh, yeah freaking nuts <laughs> they were they were safe yeah so that but we have to clear the decks right <laughs> Well, apparently we got, they couldn't let lots of people live. They're only allowed to have maybe two. Maybe two. So yeah, we get to the, we have to clear the decks and break it down to our last few remaining people, which is dad, pregnant wife, daughter, and <laughs> Dick CEO, um, which ultimately ends up with the four of them on just like a train car, like an engine. And as they are, the zombies are everywhere. This is the scene Caitlin was talking about, whereas they're trying to get away on this. Um, one zombie has grabbed onto the back and then another zombie grabs onto that zombie's legs and they kind of make it like a human chain and they're surging and swelling and climbing up each other. Um, yeah, to get it's onto super this train. awesome. It's really well done. It's a really good scene. But that ends. He manages to kick all of them off. Goes up to the train or the engine car, the compartment, I guess, the word I'm looking for, the cockpit. And Dick CEO <laughs> the, is there. The engine room? The, sure. Dixie, where Yukina sits. Yeah, she's the engineer. Oh man, this this movie needed a Yukina so bad, so bad. And you know, open the door. Dixie is there. He has been bit. He is in the process of becoming a zombie. But because reasons, listen, I'm not because I like this movie a lot. There were some dumbass moments in this movie. This was one yes. of them. When Dixie comes out of the thing the cockpit the engineer the engine room clearly changed why are we having a conversation with him exactly. why aren't we just throwing him off the edge immediately after right? everything this dude has done why are we talking to him but we need to have a confrontation with him and we need to have a conflict so dad in his final act of heroicism and putting his daughter before himself can take that bite on the hand before throwing the dude over the side and... Also, also, sorry, hmm. but this is important, but not important. Whatever the dad was doing, 
like the company he worked for. I talked to, okay, listen, full disclosure. I saw some janky subs with this. So I didn't know if I missed something. And I saw people who saw this in theaters and said, I don't know how your subs were, said it wasn't really explained in the subs shown in theaters as well. Throughout the the movie, dad has been calling his colleague back home. And there's a scene at the start of the movie where he's at work and he's looking at something on a screen with like something to do with dead fish and whatever. And the, the computer screen he's looking at wasn't subtitled in the one I had. And I don't know if it was. So from what I hear in the theatrical version, it's not subtitled there either. No. So the last time he calls his coworker and the coworker is like having a breakdown and like, we did this. It was our company. Like it it was our factory. Like this is our fault. Was it our fault? How were your subtitles? Was that just thrown out there? I was like a what type of thing? Because he's like calling the, he's calling the coworker and the coworker knows, I don't know. They seem to know a lot about it or about what's going on at least. And I will say, I I like the fact that, you know, there was still enough, civilization in this movie that you know they could still use cell phones yes um not something you usually see in this it's like humanity you know civilization's been destroyed you have nothing like but no you're at you're at your two cars down the train you can call your wife two cars up and find out she's okay yeah uh but (laughs) and uh but it they do just kind of they kind of just put that last phone call they're just they just say that like it that it was our company we did this and it's really unnecessary, um, but I guess it also is makes him feel guilty. Like I, I don't really know. Maybe yeah, it seemed odd. I didn't know. It didn't really seem to need to be there. His story would have been, yeah. his story and sacrifice would have been fine without it. Exactly. It really didn't need it. But I find in a lot of these kind of end of the world e type things, usually someone in the cast has something to do with it. Mm. I can't. I can't give a good, good example right now. But at some point in something I was watching, it was very similar where it was like the person happened to be involved in it and people were mad at that person for it. And I've seen it in a couple other places. I think it's almost a trope at this point. Uh, Oh, I I remember one example I was thinking of. um, Do you remember the movie Cube? Vaguely. just as something that existed, but not something I ever watched. So in the Cube... (laughs) If you want to watch a really weird horror movie from the 1990s, basically all these people wake up inside of a cube and as they talk to each other, they learn that like some people know some stuff about it or were given or their company like designed part of the cube and they have to get out of the cube. And anyways, it's so I think it's Stop almost saying cube. I can't. <laughs> It's called the cube and they talk about the cube a lot. Uh, anyways, so I think it's a little bit of a trope, but yeah, I didn't, there were a couple things and I think I, my subtitles were, were good from what I could understand, but I think at some points they got some things confused <laughs> or there would be, I'd have to go back and like figure something out because they just like the English was for the phrasing was weird. Yeah, I definitely had some subs that were like kind of Englishy. Um, yeah. but yes, before, before the father turns, he ensures that his daughter is safe and not safe, but like, this is what you need to do. This is what's up. You stay with, you know, pregnant, pregnant, pregnant wife. lady. <laughs> she is your mom now. You stay with her, blah, blah, blah. And just the dot. Da- I don't know. I don't know, man. The daughter is sobbing her little hands grabbing his sleeves. I was done. 
Yeah. Just fucking lost it. And like I said, after watching this to people, to the people who had brought this movie to me when I got done, you know, smacking them with rolled up newspapers, um, <laughs> uh, I have someone in my life who I care about a great deal, who is Asian and who is like eight months pregnant. So maybe Asian pregnant women in peril is not something I'm really built to deal with right now. <laughs> And she's also having a girl. So maybe little Asian girls in peril is not something I'm really built to deal with right now. <laughs> but yeah, I was just, she did, the actress that plays Suan is, she's adorable. She and was wonderful. And I thought she was really good. She was really good. She was really good. Um, I think actually uh, all the acting was, was good. I mean, they were a little heavy handed with the rich CEO. Yeah. He was the uh, most like K-drama guy. typical like character that was in there. Yeah. Um, the rest of them were fairly nuanced. Um, I liked the baseball team. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I thought they were cool. Um, and yeah, big guy was just that character was written just to be like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> like I yeah. said, him and his wife are legitimate like relationship goals. I hope I have a relationship as dope as they had. But yeah, I was just kind of a wreck by the end of it. And then I was not a wreck by the end of it. I didn't understand the song bit, but. I don't know why she was singing it. It was a bit early in the movie where he's watching his daughter has had a recital and he's watching it on a video camera because he wasn't there because he had to work. And she does not finish singing the song. She stops halfway through and her classmates kind of make fun of her and she looks really sad. And again, you know, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes again. I'm pretty sure it had something to do about her composing it for him. She she says later in the movie that she chose it for him. Oh, chose it. Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, whether it's his favorite song or what, like she chose to sing that song for him. And when he wasn't there, that's why she couldn't finish it. So later on in the movie, in the but final I... moments of the movie, they're driving along pregnant woman and daughter. And the there's a barricade of some sort that has been built. They're just outside Busan or where they have heard there is a safe space. They can no longer take the train anymore, so now they are walking through a tunnel, and there is a sniper and a soldier on the other side of the tunnel yeah, who cannot make out what these figures are, and they call for direction, and higher command says, can you verify? No. Kill him. And I shouts to the movie, because at this point, I was legitimately like, "If you, I swear to God, if you fucking do that. Like, I thought they might <laughs> by yeah. that point. I wasn't, sh- well, I- I'm... I was like killing a pregnant woman, like maybe making her have a zombie baby, sure, but killing a pregnant woman, I thought was pretty harsh. Same with the kid. Asia, man, I um, don't put anything. I don't put anything past them. But the whole this is what I mean by the singing thing. I don't. I don't understand. So as they are making their way through the tunnels, the soldiers hear Suan singing this song that she could not sing at her recital because her father wasn't there. Now that her father has died, she's singing the song for him again as she's grieving and they hear that and that's how they realize they're survivors and not zombies and they don't get killed and that's where the movie ends but point Hmm. i I need to make this point how do they know rage zombies can't sing (laughs) this is what i didn't they're going on faith by that point but but they've already been given the order basically they're bad military They've not, they've not gone through with their orders. So for the sake of plausibility, you would rather the pregnant woman and the child were killed. <laughs> I just thought, I just, I mean, I understand they're trying to make it touching. I get, I get all that. I just feel like at that point, really, they're zombies. Civilization has collapsed Singing? that far. 
You're probably not going to err on the side of compassion. Well, they don't know it's a pregnant lady and a little kid. It could be crazy singing zombies. They have no idea. But anyways. Um, so that's, that's that's Train to Busan. That's, that's a pretty good rundown. Basically. Uh, we talked about some things Kate liked. Talked about some things Kate didn't like. Kate, if you're handing out kick punches. Yeah. Um, I handing out a seven out of 10 kick punches for myself because I don't like horror movies and I am handing out, I would say eight, eight and a half out of 10 for people who do like horror movies. Fair. I'm sorry if it's not, I don't know. The cinematography I actually thought was fantastic. Uh, Listen, it wasn't reinventing the wheel, but I mean like I am so over like the walking dead. Yeah, I guess like that sort of thing that like, I guess I was I was I'm so impressed with it because it it did depart from you know like I said The Walking Dead or Dawn of the Dead or that kind of thing or um oh God Resident Evil mm. um you know it's it and there I I there's some of the scenes that were shot were just really well done and I really liked them um so I thought it was good and if you like that type of dread that just builds and builds and builds this is for you if you are like Caitlin. And would rather not have a stroke on a train going eastbound to Port Hope than do not watch this. Oh, man. I don't know why I thought that it would be a good idea. I don't know why you thought was, it would be like, a good idea. I was like, it's like Cabanary. Like She'll like it. And then I was so stressed out by the end of it. I was like, well, cool. Focus on the task at hand. I want to talk about this on the podcast. I got to make sure Caitlin can see it. Okay, Caitlin's going to see it. Oh, my God. Caitlin's going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my dad picked me up and he was like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm fine. Just a little stressed out. Uh, well, if you're thirsting to see this movie or thirsting for more, uh, there is a prequel also directed what? by Yan Sang-ho called Soul Station. It is animated, runs about 90 minutes and appears to tell the story of the, I've not seen it, but from what I've read, tells the story of the initial outbreak and seems to be the story of the homeless guy. Because huh. in the movie, the homeless guy just kind of shows up. He like, He's the one who knows what's up on the train immediately. Yeah. He like kind of sneaks his way onto the train, and when they find him, he's just like, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. Because it plays throughout the movie as like being in the media, as like, which is, again, you get to see these people reacting to like the news media and the government trying to be like, it's just protests. What was really cool was the helicopter and that guy that just like, drops out of the helicopter oh God, yeah when they all like rain out of the helicopter yeah i just thought that was yeah, such forgot. a cool scene i forgot about that and yeah like you said at the top the first inclination you get of what you're dealing with is a dude runs over a deer uh like a farmer runs over a deer and then just keeps going and then cgi or what i don't know this deer just kind of like like rolls back up it was really weird. Um, which is that, speaking of getting up, that's something I talked about with other people who'd seen the movie. Is I feel like they hired a lot of break dancers because the way in which the zombies like get up, they like kind of pop and lock a little bit. Yeah, like it's hard to explain unless you see it. But yeah, it's like again, that was just a unique take. Somebody made that decision to be like not just shuffle, but to be like reanimating, just to be like and kind of roll up into a standing position again. Which yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Anyway, yeah, Soul Station is a prequel that deals seems to deal with the story of the homeless guy and the initial outbreak of the virus. This movie, Train to Busan, currently holds a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. 
That is impressive. It's been a New York Times critic's pick. It has not gotten universally good reviews, but they seem to be pretty high. If you would like to see this movie and you are in Toronto, you still can. It is playing at the Empress Walk Cinema at 5095 Young Street at Empress Avenue in North York. You got a bit of a hike if you want to see this movie and you live downtown, but... And FYI, those of you who have a weak heart or high blood pressure should not watch it. It's a little stressful, not gonna lie. It's pretty... It's not suspense in that, like, you know, you're standing in a room and a shadow is moving outside type of thing. It's just like, like Caitlin said, it's not a jump scare. It's just a high-intensity suspense throughout. Yes, that's right. But if that sounds like your bag, go ahead. Also... Mm Mm-hmm. Black Books won the BAFTA for Best Situation <laughs> Comedy in 2001 and 2005. Did it? The award-winning a, Black Books. And won a bronze rose at the Festival Rose Door huh. of Montreux in 2001. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Ricky Gervais' sitcom on Extras won some awards too, didn't it? Yeah. In in the in the plot of Extras? Yeah. Hmm. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> Just, just letting you know. Also, if you want to watch Black Books, was it? Oh, it's yes. on Netflix, right? It is right? on Netflix. Yes, that's where I watched. Yeah, that's what I thought. So all check it out. Three seasons. All three. All three settle, seasons. Settle in with that. And uh, and let me know how much you loved it, and and let Jordan know how Jordan wrong. Know how much of an idiot he is. Yeah. Join basically. join the chorus of people telling Jordan what an idiot he is. And. Everyone, if you would like to leave us a review or a five-star rating or a four-star rating, please do so. We would really appreciate it because iTunes doesn't give us any information. Not at all. And also, reviews and ratings, A, help new listeners find the show if they're looking up shows in our subject. And maybe, maybe one day, we can get some of that sweet Squarespace money. Oh, don't I I've abandoned all hope. I am basically Audible.com, Casper Mattresses, Me Undies. I'm holding out MailChimp. I'm holding out, Kate. I'm basically the crazy lady on the train who's just like, fuck it, I'm taking you all down with me. Because I'm a crazy (laughs) lady and I don't care about life anymore. That's how I You are unlocking the door and letting the zombies just eat (laughs) all of our hopes for getting advertising revenue. Yeah, basically. I do this because I like hanging out with you. Thank and... God we do it for the love. Yeah, and because people seem to enjoy it. They do. And if you would like to tell us that you enjoy it, there are many ways you can do that. You can email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com. On the Twitters, at geekdownpod. On the Tumblers, geekdownpod.tumblr.com, which is under construction. Kate assures me it's, it's coming along. It is. Because... Jordan totally dropped the ball on that one because with all of the 1500 things he has to do every week to get, get an episode up, by the time <laughs> it comes time to update the Tumblr, he's just like, oh, or on our Facebook group, which is one more time. www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod. And you can, it's the easiest way to get at us there. It's also the only way to get at Kate because she does not exist on the internet. I do not. But if for you would good like reason. To, for good reason. And if you would like to uh, really give me a personal message about what an idiot I am, you can get at me on Twitter at Jordan underscore Ferguson. And yeah, it's almost 1 a.m., friends. We have stayed up late just for you guys. Geek down. Nights.
<laughs> no, I like geek. I, I like to geek down after dark. Like geek down after dark. Either way, I'm putting like a sax riff under this because it's like. Oh, oh, please do. Geek down like, after dark. It's, it's sexy geek down after dark. <laughs> I'm sitting in track shorts and a wife beater, looking out of my window by myself, talking into a microphone at 1 a.m. My neighbors are very irritated. I'm sure. Um, I know I'm. Uh, the people in the house probably can't hear me. Um, I'm wearing pajamas. Uh, I'm kind of comfy, actually. So comfy. So comfy. Well, I got and brunch my, plans tomorrow, so I got to get the fuck to bed. And my energy drink is is wearing out, so <laughs> old old Kate is, is kicking in. So on that oh, note, yeah. friends, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope this uh, you know Skype experiment worked out all right. We hope it was an enjoyable listening experience for you, and it's good to know that. If shit hits the fan again, somebody can't be there physically, we can still maybe sort this out. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to us every week. Join us back here next week for another fantastic episode of The Geek Down. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you back here next week. See you then. so regular you guys yep it's exactly what they want to know they want all the nitty gritty <laughs> and it is nitty and gritty that's gross <laughs> <laughs>